Welcome to the Wednesday Night Tailgate, where the tailgate party never ends. I'm your host, Drill Sergeant Z, and boy, do we got a special edition of the Wednesday Night Tailgate for you tonight as we go into our post-Super Bowl show. Plus, we have a very special guest joining us tonight. First time that they will be joining anybody on Foul Radio, but we will get to that in a second. But before we get to that, let me bring on my tag team partners for this evening. First, he is the only person that is able to get through to Morning Men on a consistent basis. And you listen to him right here on the Wednesday Night Tailgate for all the F-bombs he's going to drop. It is Mike fucking Ruick. What the fuck is going on, guys? Not much, man. How you doing? Good. Good. I'm uh, relaxing. Been brutally cold here, but we're living. That's yeah, all you, that matters. We're living. Good. You okay now that the football's over? You going to be okay? No. I want to jump off a bridge. Oh, jeez. Come on, man. It can't be that bad. It, 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 it's, it's bad. I mean, there's nothing to watch. There's nothing to keep my interest. The Islanders suck. There's nothing. The Olympics can only keep you going for so long. The U.S. hockey men's team is out of it, which like, they lost. Oh, which... They lost? They were up three. They went 3-0 in pool play and lost in the quarterfinals? Mm-hmm. To Sylvania. Garbage. In a fucking shootout. Oh, that's, oh, that should never. That shouldn't mm-hmm. fucking happen. It shouldn't have gotten there. But granted, they're playing with college kids and, you know, AHL guys. But yeah. fucking bullshit. But in the Olympics, quarterfinal, like, once you get to the quarters and stuff, like, it shouldn't be shootout. It should be, like... Like, you know, regular NHL overtime rules, you know? Yep. Gold, the golden goal. Oh, yeah. All right. But enough about that, the Olympics talk. Let's bring on our other tag team partner for this evening. You listen here for all the shitty takes that he will have on a weekly basis. And he is still Tua's only fan. It is tie back, baby. Stafford, Stafford, Stafford. Am I right, guys? Yes. all you haters could suck these balls says matt stafford as he's smoking on that cigar during the parade today nice thanks for tuning in packers fan and farmer go ahead you already brought it up let's go right right into it matthew stafford what'd you what'd you think of his performance tieback um yeah everybody's Falling off onto these two interceptions. The second one wasn't really his fault. The first one, yeah, I could see that one. Um, but otherwise, I thought he played well. He had that another another winning fourth quarter drive to, to put uh, onto his, what's it called, the resume. That was great. And before we get too much further, the special guest has arrived. And we're Uh-oh. going to bring him on immediately. So once he accepts, I will then give him his little introduction. Oh, he has accepted. We want to welcome to Foul Radio on the Wednesday night tailgate. He is a famous caller on Mad Dog Sports Radio. He has a deeper voice than all three of us combined here on the Wednesday night tailgate. And he is the host of I'm a Tell It Like It Is podcast. It is Jai in Baltimore. Welcome, Jai. It is a pleasure to be on, Fallies. How we doing on this uh, fine Wednesday night? How are things? What's going on, Jai? What's going on, Jai? Thanks for coming on. Anytime, anytime, anytime. A special shout out. Appreciate uh, t- to you, Michael Ruick, for uh, sending me the uh, the invite. Happy to be on. Let's uh, 
talk about a Super Bowl that I wish uh, ended differently. Let's, of uh, course. Let's get, let's uh, get yeah. going. Of course, man. I mean, like, like you know, I reached out to you because we, we were talking in our, our little group chat, and I was like, you know what? Here, here's an idea. Regardless of, of the outcome of the Super Bowl, there's really only one Bengals fan that we really know, like, and love. So let's let's reach out to Jai. Does everybody, is everybody okay with that? Tie back and Drill Sergeant Z said, absolutely. Reach out, see what it is. And we're so, so, like, Really, so psyched to have you on because, you know, you're, you're the puppy. You're, you're famous. You're the puppy. Not, not, not yet, not yet, Mike. But I'm, <laughs> I'm working to, I'm working to uh, get to that level. But you know, it's just. And let me tell you, you know, it is such a. It's one of the, losing the Super Bowl. Have seeing your favorite team lose the Super Bowl. Regardless of season expectations, whatever the case might be, watching your favorite team lose the Super Bowl has got to be one of the worst feelings you can ever experience as a sports fan. Because, you know, especially if you're a diehard football fan, you know, by default, you know, you're into the Super Bowl anyway, and you're into the fact that it's the that it's the it's the pinnacle of the NFL season. It's the it's the finale. It's the grand finale of the NFL season. It's championship game. Winner gets Lombardi Trophy and all of the aura and the cachet and the historical significance that it comes with winning a Super Bowl. And then it's just, and then you know, and then your favorite team's in it. So it's like, so it kind of has like a, a double dynamic where you know, I said on my show last night where you know the Super Bowl in and of itself, you know, I refer to it as my second Christmas because I love it, I love it that much. And then of course your favorite team's playing in it. It's it's just an added bonus. And then just to see, you know, the plays that they made on offense, you know, the Joe Mixon touchdown pass to T. Higgins, T. Higgins catching a 75-yard pass down the left, down the uh, near sideline to begin the second half, uh, Jalen Ramsey, and the fact that our defense held the Rams' offense in check for all but their final drive and to lose the Super Bowl the way that they did. I understand great season. But uh, ain't no more painful feeling than seeing your team, you know, hang their heads in defeat with the opposing team's confetti, you know, uh, dropping down and flying down from the uh, rafters of the stadium. It's just it it ain't a fun feeling to experience whatsoever. Yeah, I, I mean, like I've seen it twice in my life as being an Eagles fan. I saw it both against the Patriots. You know, the one in 2004, which broke my heart. We had that late, that drive late when, of course, Donovan McNabb throws that, that interception to kill us. But then, you know, last the four years ago, just being able to experience that and just, just the elation and the joy, it's, it's, it's unreal. It, it, and, I mean, going into that game for me personally, I'm like, there's no fucking way that we're winning this game. There's no way. And lo and behold, Nick Foles. What a, it's it's just that game on Sunday was something that personally I was going into it. And we we have our our podcast up everywhere the podcasts are found. And I said I just want a good game. I would love for Matthew Stafford to win to shut all his haters up, but I would also love Joe Burrow to win because I like him a lot. He's got balls. He's got tenacity, and the yes. kid is just a fucking rock star. 
Yes, he is. So, oh boy, is he ever! But <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, it's just you know, who do you hate more? Do you hate Aaron Donald or do you hate Zach Taylor for not put for not putting uh, Joe Mixon in on that last drive? <laughs> it's a funny question uh, and a good one at that. You know, um, I don't hate Aaron Donald. Never have. You know, I've been the one that's kind of gone on, been on record, going on my show and saying, you know, Aaron Donald's a fantastic talent. And this is not prior to this game, but this is like prior to this. You know, prior to the playoff starting, I say, yeah, Aaron Donald's a phenomenal player, but you know, when he he makes plenty of plays in in September, October, November, December, January, he's nowhere to be found. You know, the Super Bowl against the Pacers, he's nowhere to be found. And, you know, what does he do back-to-back games in a championship game against San Francisco and against my favorite team? Because he goes out there and say, hey, and get, essentially gives me the finger and says, hey, how you, how you like them apples? And goes out there and just dominates and takes over the football game. My only move, though, was after the game was like, because I heard rumblings prior to the game. I didn't watch any of the post game. I stayed away. Uh, apparently, Rodney Harrison got a scoop that he might that he was going to consider retirement if the Rams won the game. My my honest feeling was, all right, Aaron, you won the Super Bowl. You're the quote unquote goat defensive player of my generation. Now piss off, will you please? I've I've, I've, I've seen enough. Just you, you got your ring. You're you know defensive player of the year, all pros, Pro Bowls. Get go away. Like if I never see you on the football field again, great. You won your Super Bowl. You got yours. Now go. Just enough. But Zach Taylor, I mean, good lord, I mean, and you know, and I tweeted it out earlier this morning. I said, you know, part of the bloom is off the rose with the fantastic job that Taylor did. And that contract extension was greatly deserved because he did do a phenomenal and impressive job all season long. Never my wildest dreams I would have suspected that this team win their division, beat Kansas City twice in the same month, second time overcoming a 21-3 deficit at Arrowhead in the AFC Championship game to do so, win the conference and go to the Super Bowl. I mean, never my wildest dreams that when the season started back in early September what I would have expected that. But I mean, his, his the coaching in that Super Bowl was just was beyond, especially in the fourth quarter, was just beyond deplorable. In the second half, I mean, the fact that he got away from the run, um, it's just is. I mean, Zach, what are you doing? I mean, Joe Mixon was he putting up impressive? You know, was he putting up impressive numbers, so to speak? You look at the box score, no. But I mean, for the first half, he had like over seventy yards rushing. If they would have kept with the run and just would have kept on running the football, Joe. Mixon probably would have ran for over 100, uh, probably would have ran for about 105, 110, 115, uh, 115 yards throwing the touchdown catch or excuse me, the touchdown pass. He we not only would have won the game, he probably would have gotten Super Bowl MVP. And the fact that he takes the takes the ball out of – I understand Burrow's your franchise quarterback. I understand that Burrow's one of the reasons why he got you there. But you got to go with the ebb and flow of the game and go how the game's flowing. And with your offensive line and knowing that Donald and Vaughn Miller are going to be licking their chops at getting after Bro with your piss-poor offensive line, which has been very suspect, albeit you, albeit it's been a phenomenal run and a phenomenal season. It's been suspect all season long, as many people expected it out to be. I mean, the, you, I mean, why? Why, do, why put Joe Burrow in harm's way like that? It's just, it, I mean, it, it's frustrating. And it's just, there's no excuse. There's no reasoning for it. And, you know, just run the football, you know, and I, and I remember, you know, during the broadcast about 
midway through the second quarter towards the end of the first half, I remember, you know, they go to a replay and Chris Collins were saying there's probably, and I'm paraphrasing, there's probably no guy more frustrated in the stadium right now than Aaron Donald. And as Collinsworth is saying that, you know, he's showing replays of how, you know, every single time the ball is snapped, the Bengals offensive line is on him like white on rice and he can't can't do a freaking thing. I mean, Aaron Donald was absolutely nowhere to be found. Nowhere. was shut down. Not a factor in the first half. And And in a large part because of the fact that the Bengals ran the football down their throats. And the fact that they got away from it, allowed Aaron Donald and Miller to tee off. I mean, it's just completely unacceptable. And on the final drive, I mean, what are you doing? Taking Joe Mixon out of the game, having him on the sides for for Samaji Pirine? I mean, really? This is this is what we're doing. A running back that has multiple, not just he's you know, he's not now I'm not trying to make Joe Mixon out to be Jim Brown, but he's got multiple <laughs> thousand yard r- rushing seasons underneath underneath his belt. He gave him a contract extension about a season or so ago. He's a pro bowl, he's a pro bowl running back. Why is he on the sideline with a championship hanging in the balance? Put him on the field in short yarded situation and and let and let him get that yard. Yeah. I mean, and, and then a second and then a second and one play. Second and one play, Zach. We need one yard. We're gonna we'll call a pass play to Jamar Chase down down the right sideline. I mean, you must be kidding me. And then and then give the ball off to Samaji Piran on third and on third and one when Joe Mixon should have been on the field. And then on a fourth and one, you uh, a pass play out of the shotgun when when again when Aaron Donald. I mean, he was salivating. And like, oh, this is this, this is my moment. This is my legacy-defining moment. Deja vu, you know, from two weeks prior against uh, Jimmy Garoppolo all over again. And it's just – and he tees off on him, rushes Joe Burrow's throw, and he said Joe Burrow somehow, some way got, got the pass off. And the fact that Samaji Piran didn't – I mean, that was a catchable ball. The fact that Samaji Piran didn't make an effort to dive out and get it also, I think, is, is, is something that hasn't been talked about a whole hell of a lot in the aftermath of this game. That was a catchable ball, Samaji. Dive out – championship, your season's hanging in the balance. Dive out mm-hmm. and catch the football, will you, please? I completely yeah. agree. Jai, wow. I got a question. In yeah, this man. upcoming draft, do you think that uh, the Bengals should just worry about drafting offensive line players? Um, yeah, well, they, they need to – they need to – well, it's, a, it's weird because this team obviously proves that they're in a championship contending window. And, you know, and because that they because, you know, the one of the downsides of going to the Super Bowl is the fact that you have a late that you have a late first round draft pick. They get pick number 31. Uh, so the Bengals and the fact that and so I think that the bank, they need to draft offensive linemen a half for the future, you know, for backup plans. So, you know, for, mm-hmm. you know, for so they can develop. But I think a large chunk of the Bengals uh, money that they have to spend. Uh, as far as the cap is concerned, needs to go towards veteran offensive linemen. Offensive linemen that's been there, done that, uh, bought the t- bought, got the T-shirt, however the dopey phrase goes. They need to go out there and get veteran offensive linemen that know what they're doing. You know, I think Ryan Jensen, the the center from the from the Bucks, is a free agent. I mean, go out there, get him. They, they need to go out there and get solidified, solid veteran offensive linemen and pay them. 
you know, and then and then if and then and then wherever the chips fall, what they may with the draft as far as uh, drafting offensive linemen, so be it. But I, I think I fifty fifty with the offense. You know, they need to adjust the offensive line. Seventy five percent of it through free agency. The remaining fifteen percent uh, through the draft. Because you know, if you if you draft, if you say okay, just draft a whole bunch of offensive linemen. Well, I mean, are you going to put your franchise quarterback in the hands of a bunch of of a, of a bunch of late round draft picks? I mean, I, that's not a, you know, it, it's a step in the right mm-hmm. direction. But you know, the time to go heavy with the offensive line was you know a la last year. And I'm believe me, I'm not complaining or crying over spoiled spilled milk because of how just as much of a sensational talent Jamar Chase is. But the time to do that was when you had the fifth pick, you know, a top five, top ten draft pick in last year's draft, last season's draft, rather than this upcoming one coming up in April, where you where you're you know thirty one or thirty two teams. Uh, picking in the draft. So I think, especially because of the fact that it made the Super Bowl, that, you know, if everything falls the right way and they have a productive offseason, they, they they should be a force to be reckoned with to make it back to the Super Bowl. And that in that case, uh, they need to spend a, lo- a large part of their time in free agency getting offensive, getting veteran experienced offensive linemen rather than hoping that a fifth-round draft choice out of uh, Central Michigan uh, works out for him in the draft. That's just my personal opinion. <laughs> True. Yeah. You got anything, Sarge? Yeah, Jai, you man, you sound like something. You're really in touch with this Bengals team. Um really you know, great explanations. Um you hit on Zach, your court your coach Taylor. Um if I'm not mistaken, about halfway through the season, did, were you ready to fire him? Am I correct? Oh, that is correct. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, that is correct. Now have you with this run, have you changed? I know the play calling on the third and one is atrocious, but like you said, the game plan that he had with the defense, and you would know better than this. I don't know if he's – I think he's more of an offensive guy. I don't yes, know how much he is. He has. Okay. He is. But is he kind of hands-off with the defense? I mean, you would know it. Be, you wouldn't know it this year because he's got one of the best – not the best, but a very, very good, solid defensive unit. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, his fingerprints are the majority. Are it's like ninety percent. You know his defense. You know he okay. he calls the plays. It's his play. It's his schemes. His designs. You know it, it's. You know, I, of course, Zach's the head guy, so I know if you know he has input, he's going to, uh, you know, he's going to share. He's going to give it to Lou, but because Zach is such an offensive-minded uh, guy, and the fact that he is the offensive play, B- Bill Ke- or excuse me, Brian Callahan is our offensive coordinator up, who sits up in a booth. But because Zach's an offensive-minded head coach, wide receivers coach, quarterback coach with the Rams, and he, you know, if you saw, see if you saw it during moments of the game, he has the play sheet in his hand, so he is the offensive offensive play caller for us uh so Lou Anarumo really it's 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 his defense essentially speaking you know Zach of course uh you know fills in the bubbles wherever need be but uh it's it's Lou Anarumo's defense getting get, getting to your first question I did want Zach Taylor fired uh ironically enough after <laughs> more, most recently after the uh most recent most recently after the 49er loss Back in uh, week 14, 15, whatever it was, an overtime loss where the team came out flat as a pancake, muffed punts left and right. The special teams was just absolutely atrocious. 
turn turn over the football. The team was just not ready to play. That was a that game got flexed to four twenty five. Uh, because Cincinnati, you know, I believe had like six, seven wins at the time. San Francisco was starting to get their feet under them, trying to make a late season playoff push, and they got flexed to 425. That game was the, um, I believe that game was the, uh, uh, was like the 1B game for CBS because I think uh, it was Steelers and uh, it was Steelers. I have to go back and check that. I'll check it right it's now up, as I'm – as I'm. So as that I'm, was the game that did it for you, not the Jets Mike White beating the Cincinnati Bengals in New York, my the, Jets. <laughs> that wasn't the, the one that did it for you. The Mike the Mike White Jet the Mike White <laughs> Jet game was not the game that wanted me calling for his job. Now that was the game though that had me screaming and yelling, going crazy, uh, and screaming and yelling, going crazy because I mean, look at this—you beat the living piss out of the Ravens, and then go ahead and you <laughs> lay a complete egg against Mike White and the freaking New York Jets on Halloween on the road. It's like I mean, it's like I was like I was living in Bizarro World. Like, what the heck is this? I mean, you're supposed to be a champion or at least we not even championship but you're supposed to be a competitive dare I say playoff caliber football team instead of screwing around losing games to the last place Jets I mean really this this is what we're doing here guys but I did not call for his job then it was early in the season I feared going in that this was going to be a trap game so I, I you know so I wasn't kicking and screaming uh kicking and screaming um calling for Zach Taylor's job and by the way that San Francisco uh Cincinnati game that wasn't 1B to the Steeler uh Raven game it was 1B to Bills Bucks that took place down in Tampa week 14 but anyway I was calling for his job especially after the 49er game you know, they put together a tremendous comeback where I think that they, that they were down for the count. All the hope was lost. And then what really just pissed me off the no end was in the overtime. They get the ball, the opening possession in the overtime period. Joe Burrow had a fantastic fourth quarter, fantastic overtime up until they got to within the red zone uh, inside San Francisco's 30-20 yard line. And for whatever the reason, he took the ball out of Burrow's hands and decided to give the ball to Joe Mixon for some unspeakable Applicably ungodly recent plan for the field goal instead of for the touchdown. And that kind of goes back to Sunday's game where, you know, with Zach sometimes, you know, as a Bengals fan, he leaves you pulling your head pulling your hair out as, as a play caller. You know, there are times and sequences in the game where he needs to do nothing but run the football, wear down the opposing defense, and work the clock a la on Sunday, and he, and he puts the ball in Joe Burrow's hands ad infinitum unexplicably, or excuse me, inexplicably, uh, when it doesn't uh, serve the team's best interests uh, at heart. And then you have games a la the, uh, the Chiefs game, which they ended up winning, not the first one, but the second one, which they ended up winning. You know, where they, I, in my honest opinion, they ran the ball way, 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 way too much on first down instead of putting the ball uh, in Burrow's hands, and that's a situation where you wish that they that Burrow threw the ball more than than they did instead of them, you know, running the giving the ball off to Joe Mixon, who was averaging about like two yards a carry. So it's like when you want when you want the Bengals to be a run first offense in a sequence of a game, they're pass first, and we want to be pass first. They do nothing but run the football. You know, Zach's a fantastic coach, and you know, like I tweeted this morning how he coached and managed the final minutes of the fourth quarter on Sunday kind of tarnishes the phenomenal job and the phenomenal season that he and the boys had this year. But, you know, he deserving of the contract extension, no doubt. My only thing is with Zach, I- I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very skeptical on Zach Taylor as far as an offensive play caller. 
You know, as a head coach, as a head coach, he's turned it around. He's done a fantastic job, and he's made me look like a complete idiot calling for his job. And all of a sudden, he turns the team around, wins the division, knocks off Kansas City twice, and gets to a Super Bowl. But uh, Zach Taylor, the play caller, I I am just as skeptic as I was, uh, you know, back in October 2020. But Zach Taylor, the head coach, has definitely made some strides. There's no doubt, no doubt about it. Awesome. That, that was really yeah. my question. Is it you like so you like him going forward then, right? Yes. As a play caller, I'm not sure. But as a head coach, most definitely. You know, this team was a cohesive unit. They love each other. They played hard for each other. Uh they held each other accountable. No egos involved. Not me, me, me. It's it's we over me. Um the accountability from the head coach to the players all across the board. No one player's needs were more important than the next. So the fact that he was able to to really have that group bond and become a, a, a brotherhood of uh, of of men, all fifty three from Joe Burrow down to the uh, down to the fifth wide receiver on the depth chart, you know, really speaks volumes on the coaching job that he did this season, no doubt. Let me tell you though, Jai, um, because because but, yeah, with, with everything, you know, there is no shame in losing to this team. Because if we actually like dissect this, I don't think that this team is gonna like be together next year. They lost their their coordinators. McVeigh's talking about retirement, which is asinine to me. Donald's talking about retirement. OBJ is probably gonna be out for majority of the season next year. Right. I mean, they sold their soul to the devil, and they <laughs> they got a championship out of it. They have no first-round picks for the next, like, 50 years, it seems like. Right. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? They, 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 they were the team that was bought, essentially. You know, that bought versus built conversation that everybody loves to have. They were a bought team. They went right. all in. Yeah, I mean, and that also kind of feeds into why not everybody in America, why every not everybody in America was rooting for the Rams to win on Sunday because of the fact that it, that you know it's L.A. The nobody likes the owner, that piece of filth. Uh, you know, it it turns people <laughs> off the the bought the bought overbuilt type of philosophy in sports. It it, it turns it turns us common uh, us common folk. It turns us common fans off. Now, don't get me wrong. There, it's not like their entire team was bought. You know, Aaron Donald they drafted. So you know, to be fair to the Rams, they're two big players. One of the reason, one of the main reasons why they won the game, and one of the main reasons why they got there in Cup Offensive Player of the Year, and Aaron Donald, uh, who you know, take your pick. Could have won, could have, should have won Super Bowl MVP. Those are homegrown guys, guys that uh, guys that they drafted. That's been on the team for a little bit. Got battles, got uh, what was it, war wounds? Is that what you call them? You know. So in fairness to them, you know, though it wasn't like that they signed those guys off the street. But you know, getting Eric well off his couch while he's retired, Jalen Ramsey cost a fortune. Who's overrated as hell, by the way. Of uh, trading for Von Miller, a king's <laughs> ransom for Von Miller, trading. Uh, uh, every you know, trading the, the mansion and uh, and a bag of Utz uh, potato chips for uh, Matthew Stafford, <laughs> getting Sony Michelle off the New England Patriots. So I mean, there is an element of of, uh, of bought versus built with the Rams, but the, but they have enough guys still remaining from their 2018 team. And 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 another thing that kind of like 
fits the mold well for the Rams is that that you know the guys that they developed that that they built uh, essentially in Cup and Aaron Donald are you know are draft picks of their own, not players that they uh, you know that they traded every uh, first round draft pick to get or paid a boatload for in free agency. But oh yeah, I mean it's just this team we we had talked about this last week like the 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 team's offenses are very similar it's plug and play cuz once you try to take away you try to take away Jamar Chase and then you have you have Boyd and then you have Higgins it's so it's a hard thing what what really in my head when OBJ went down with that that knee injury and we know it's an ACL i was like this is a different fucking game now guys this mm-hmm. is completely different. Now you can double up on Cup. Now you don't have to worry about Van Jefferson. And I don't even know the other guy's name on, on the Rams. Number 18. Skoranek. escapes me. What was his name? Skoranek? Like Ben, ben Skoranek, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah, he Skoranek, was terrible. Yeah. He was yeah. terrible. I mean, the, Ho- the Hopkins kid was catching more balls than him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I, and I, and I wasn't shocked by the fact that um, I think in the final score that I predicted was 26-21 uh, Cincinnati, but I wasn't shocked that the game was kind of like a defensive slugfest because of the defensive playmakers that the Rams have on offense. The Bengals' defense has been very, very solid all uh, all playoffs long, and the fact that you know these are relatively the same offenses. Zach Ta- Zach Taylor Zach Taylor's defense is a mere copy of the Rams, you know. And like you brought like you brought up Ruick, it's an excellent point. You take away Jamar Chase. Who's going to cover T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd? You know, you take away uh, Cooper Cup, then who's got Odo Beckham Jr. and Van Jefferson? So uh, you know, I and the I think the advantage, of course, and it ended up being obvious, and it still ended up holding true anyway. That Cincinnati had a better run game by far than the Rams did. Obviously, have you know, you take Joe Mixon over uh, over um, Sony Michelle and uh, Cam Akers, but. You know, the relatively they ran the same offenses, which is why you saw at a very, at, you know, very often in throughout the sequences of the game where teams were just deadlocked and nobody could could move the ball down the field worth a yard, and you know, and 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 opposing offenses just had just had no answers for for each other because you know, relatively it's the same offense with McVeigh and uh, Zach Taylor, which I expected going in to be quite honest. Okay. I um I got one more question about the game, Jai. Um, mm-hmm. that last sequence down at the goal line. Now that it's been you know a few days since the game happened, I'm sure when it happened you had maybe different thoughts. Were you upset with all the penalties the refs threw, or now that like I said the game has come and gone, it's been a couple days. Where do you think those were like legit flags on the Bengals there at the end of the game? That was on the Cooper Cup touchdown that didn't count because of offsetting penalties. That was an illegal hit helmet to helmet. But, I mean, for, for the referees, and I screamed and yelled about this on my show last night, and I might as well do it again tonight. What the hell? Do for, it, Rance. For, we love Rance on the show. Yes. Do it, Jai. Curse, <laughs> do whatever you want, Jai. Beat Ruick with the F word if you have to. <laughs> for, the, the, for, for, for the idea – that these referees can take whether it's Tony Carrente in the in the Bear Steelers Monday night game a few months ago, whether it's Sean Hockley make thinking that everybody sat down on Thanksgiving afternoon, early evening to sit down and watch him officiate 
whether it's Hockley who who stuck his beak into the into the Bucks Rams game three weeks ago for or for what at this rate four weeks ago for for these NFL officials to continuously beak their heads and stick their nose into these games, especially the ones that are on the primetime stage and the one on Sunday, which, of course, with of championship Super Bowl magnitude. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's got to stop. It has to stop. It must stop, and it should stop. It, it, it's ridiculous. Can somebody explain to me how in God's name was that holding defensive pass interference on Logan Wilson, a wide receiver? I mean, can some, how in the world was that was that holding a pass interference? Did his hand touch him? Yes, but I mean, my goodness gracious! Just because he rests his hand on Cooper Cup's inside shoulder doesn't mean that he affected his route running ability or his ability to catch the football. I mean, the fact that that was honestly thrown on a th- on on a third and goal, second goal, whatever it was, with 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 less than two minutes to go and a and a Super Bowl with a four point uh point differential is just an absolute disgrace. And another thing that also drives me crazy that these that that's gotta that's gotta be checked too. You know, these referees cannot call these games. You know, put hide their you know swallow their whistle and keep their flags in the back pocket for fifty eight minutes and thirty seconds, and then all of a sudden. The Rams are driving. <laughs> Bengals defense can't get a freaking stop, and 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 and, and, and the momentum is on the Rams side. And here it is, me back back east in Baltimore is literally praying to God, texting Russo to tell his wife Gina to get on her knees and start praying. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and these referees want, want to all of a sudden inject themselves into the game and start throwing flags left and right. I mean, seriously, you 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 quote unquote let them play and swallowed your whistle for virtually the entire game. Now all of a sudden you want to inject yourselves into it, and now I say, well, well, it looks like uh, we ain't going to be officiating another game till September, so might as well make our last appearance of the season count and start blowing the whistle and throwing the flags left and right. I mean, and I, when I watched that game, when I watched that play, th- that Logan Wilson passed their friends' body, I had no reaction to it on, on two accords. One, because as a long-suffering Bengals fan, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, whether it's your team's own ineptitude shooting themselves with a foot or you're waiting to get screwed <laughs> over by a piss-poor call by the referees. And then a second, uh, and then and then on a, on a second uh, page of things is the fact that I've I've seen this all season long, not just with my team, but just with NFL teams and NFL games in general, regular season, playoffs, and now here in the Super Bowl. Like, I expected it. Uh, you know, God forbid you play defense in 2021, that's on uh, number 55 on Cincinnati. I mean, that is an absolute disaster. I mean, you can't play better defense than that. Here it is, a linebacker. I believe he got drafted in the second or the third round out of the University of Wyoming. A linebacker covering freaking Cooper Cup, which is also another disgrace in and of itself. Somehow, some way, was able to stick with Cooper throughout the sequence of that play. Plays tight defense, doesn't maul him, doesn't grab his face mask, doesn't grab his T-shirt like Jalen Ramsey got away with in the first half on T. Higgins. You know, plays excellent textbook defense. Bats the ball down, and then all of a sudden, you don't even see—you don't even see the referee throw the flag. You just see the picture, see the ball batted down, and then coming out of the left side of the picture, you see that stupid flag land at the at the two-yard line. I mean, it, it, it bothered me. Now I didn't show much emotion at the time because I kind of expected it. I was like, well, I mean, the classic bungling in the playoffs when you're mad is most, you know, deja vu all over again. But in the aftermath, looking back on it, it—oh my goodness gracious—did it piss me! 
off. It pissed me off. I mean, keep yourselves out of the game, guys. The 100 million people watching on television, the 70,000 people sitting up at SoFi Stadium that, that took out a second mortgage to go to the game, unless you were Charlize <laughs> Theron or Kendall Jenner. I mean, yeah. no one, no one's there to watch, watch you guys referee. Okay, we're there to watch two teams compete for a championship. Keep yourselves out of it. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me game five NLDS back in October. Gabe Morales, the first base umpire, decides to stick his beat into an absolute classic Giants Dodgers with the with the dot with the Giants mm-hmm. season hanging on by a thread and Wilmer Flores checks the swing. I believe it's like a three-two count, two-two, whatever it was. And he ch- and he checks the swing and he didn't swing. He checks the swing, appealed down to first base. Game Morales for some ungodly reason said he swung. Game over, d- a giant season over. Dodgers move on to the NLCS. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Now, now the Bengals did not lose the game because of referees, as I had mentioned to you guys earlier in this broadcast. But still, I mean, I mean, it, I mean, the Bengals got get one more stop, one more stop. They won the Super Bowl, and the fact that the referees took that away from us, the common diehard football fan watching the game, and me, the diehard Bengals fan, and the Bengals players out there on the field is disgraceful. Okay, the the Bengals, the the Rams did not need any more help, refs driving down the field and, and, and moving the ball up and down the field against Cincinnati's defense. The defense was deplorable in that in during that final drive, enough as it is. They didn't need they didn't need the help of the Zebras. You, you, you part it perfectly because uh, you know, going into halftime I'm thinking, wow, there really hasn't been that many flags. The refs are just gonna let them play. Perfect. And then of course at the end of the game they have to make themselves known just fucking great i hate it 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 drives me crazy it drives me it drives me up the wall and you know you would think you know roger goodell who's sitting up in the suite in between shrimp cocktails and vodka tonics with russell wilson (laughs) up in the suite you would think roger goodell would have enough sense and enough wherewithal to say hey guys you know, we, we, this. what are we doing? It's the Super Bowl. We got over 100 million people watching this freaking thing. 70,000 people packed to the packed to the gills in this stadium. We cannot have a championship game and a playoff champ. We cannot have a Super Bowl and a championship playoff setting come down to the hands of the officials. When the game's tightly closed, it's been competitive all night coming down to the fi- coming down to the final play. We can't have that. You know, and, and again, this is this isn't negotiating TV contracts. This isn't adding extra playoff teams or or extra playoff games or extra regular season games. So he doesn't have to worry about, you know, cooperating and being lockstep with the owners as 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 their bag man. You know, do you think you think Mike Brown, the old fart and uh, and the Blackburn family liked the fact that that flag was thrown on Logan Wilson for essentially just playing defense? Or what about Gail Benson? I mean, how did Tom Benson got rest his soul? You think he liked it when that flag wasn't thrown in the eight, or when that flag wasn't thrown in the 18 championship game a few seasons ago in the Superdome? You, you think you think they like that, or or or, or, or I give you another one. You th- you think uh, Al Davis liked like the the issue with the tuck rule back 20 years ago? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I, I can give you millions millions of examples. You know, whether whether you're a GM, a fan, head coach or a player nobody associated with an nfl franchise 
in a in a playoff game or championship game wants to have their season ended or or the game severely affected by bad officiating. No owner wants it, no GM wants it, no head coach wants it, no player wants it, wants it, no assistant coach and 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 damn skippy no fan wants it. So so you don't so I mean and, and that's the one thing that you would imagine that Roger Goodell you know has his little has his little slither of power to flex to flex his commissioner muscle and and and, and fix the issue with the referees and 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 you know if if it costs an extra and I heard um and I heard earlier this season when Aaron Rodgers was on Pat McAfee he made a point it was a very eloquent point on his part and and, and I'm bringing it up here right now you know he brought up the point of how the the Gene Steratores of the world the Mike Pereiras the John Perrys the Terry McCauleys they're getting paid more money the good officials that have recently retired within the last few years they're getting paid more money to wear suit and tie and put a head sit on and commentate interject here and there <laughs> during a football game than they are officiating games on an NFL field on a weekly basis you know and if that's the case where our league's better referees are get are leaving the game and leaving their job to go do television that's an issue which means that the NFL needs to increase the pay for the for these bet for these rep for these experienced and better referees so they don't leave to go do TV and if yeah. it costs a couple extra thousand a couple uh, millions of dollars you know what it, it's worth it you know and I made the comparison last night on my show you know it's like it's like buying a really good comfortable pair of shoes you know you may not like the fact that the pairs of shoes that you are that you're you know that you're getting cost 85 cost 90 cost the uh, hundred and ten dollars but 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 hey if if they're comfortable, if if they're durable, if they serve their purpose, and your feet and you don't get hammer toes and you don't get bunions and blisters on your feet, you know what? You you, you get what you in this day and age, you get what you pay for. I mean that that's at least now. Listen, I know I'm not a businessman, I'm not a billionaire owner, I don't know anything, but at least in in my like form of of what I deem common sense, it seems like to me that's money well spent. You know, if you're gonna, you're better off paying a, a couple of thousands, or a couple million dollars as billionaires to get to get a to get a better product than what you're getting right now. I, I'd say I'd say that's a uh, that's that's a very that's a very good investment on my part. But the fact that Goodell, you know, is just uh, is just allowing and tolerating this foolishness is is, is a disgrace. Because if you would figure the one thing that he can flex his his power muscle over with is with these referees, and for whatever the reason he has not done so. And, and another thing, and another thing too. I don't know if you guys realize this or not. Do you all? Did you all notice on Twitter after the game that hashtag rigged was trending? Yeah. If you if you if you're the commissioner of the sport, commissioner of the NFL, biggest sport, biggest sport, biggest league in in this country that drew over 100 million people watching your Super Bowl, you think you like you like the fact. The, you like the fact that a that a bunch of fans, a bunch of common fans, were heading to social media saying saying that the game was rigged because of that disgraceful, despicable uh, penalty that was called on Logan Wilson. You, 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 do you really want that? When you're in bed enough with 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 these gambling companies, do you really want that? Do you really want I mean, that? It brings it brings into you know a bad light, but you know you also don't want this to turn out to be like the replacement year where it was what the Seahawks versus the Packers. Oh God, yeah. And you had those replacement yeah. refs, and they didn't know what the, what the fuck was up and down. 
Is this a touchdown? Right. I don't know. This one's incomplete. This is a touchdown. What is it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chai's right. Like I just looked up. The referees make two hundred five thousand a year. Uh, I think you're right, Chai, and that's a great point out of you. Like, and it's not even. And Farmer, I think, said it's not their full time job. Increase their salary to three hundred fifty, four hundred thousand, and use it as like an investment. And now that's their full time job. And then you get some better like referee like training in the off season, you know, to get them better prepared for the regular season and you get, you know, better officials, I think, that way. What do you think yeah. about what do you think if we do that, Jai? I mean, yeah. I mean, do whatever you possibly can because, you know, these are these athletes are too good. They're too talented. Uh, and these teams are too good and the stakes are too high to have these games marred by by just sheer incompetence of these stupid officials who think we tune in every single every single week, whether it's afternoon, night, in person, in the stadium, wherever the case might be, and think that we, you know, tune in and watch these games to watch them officiate. Because we don't, we, we you're there to you're there to provide order and to enforce the rules. That's it. Nobody wants to watch Ron Tolbert, you know, uh, you know, say, you know, yell out players' numbers and penalties. Nobody wants to want. Nobody wants to watch uh, Sean Hockley become a piss poor impersonation of his father. You know, over explaining crap with the penalties. Oh yeah! Wow! Wow! <laughs> He don't got the guns like his dad does. And, but huh? but to be fair, Ed Hockley at any point in time would, would just throw insert him ga- himself into the game just to flex. We all know oh, it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we all know it. You got you got arms like that, Rui. I'd be doing. Oh, hell it, yeah! I, believe me. Um, I, I just want before we get into Jai's, we wanted to get into like how you got into all this stuff too, Jai. Um, yeah, yeah. And tie back. Um, I think you like this too. We have a lot of people that since probably about three weeks before the playoffs started, people listening to our show, and it's a big topic on Matthew Stafford, and he's, you know, he sucks, he's overrated, he's not this. Farmer. So, yes. What is your take after this, after the Super Bowl on Matthew Stafford? And you can even be what you thought before as well. So what, what do you think about Matthew Stafford, Jai? Heading into the playoffs, I thought Matthew Stafford, you know, needed to get to a Super Bowl. Whether or not he won it, I think it was fine. I think the pressure was on McVay more specifically to win the Super Bowl. But uh, heading into the postseason, I, I I needed to see something out of Matthew Stafford. I needed to see playoff wins. I needed to see impressive, legendary-esque performances because I had thought that Matthew Stafford was very overrated. I thought that, you know, the fact that the Lions couldn't win a playoff game and the fact that the Lions were terrible for all the years that he was there wasn't wasn't all on the franchise. You know, he had to share some of the blame too. Um, and I also felt that uh, when the trade was made during Super Bowl week of Bucks and uh, Tampa last year, that, you know, for the people that went on uh, television, social media, or on radio and said that, well, this makes the Rams an automatic Super Bowl contender. I mean, I was like, pump the brakes. I mean, we, and all of a sudden, that's another also facet that bothered me too, because I talked so much crap about Matthew Stafford, you know, essentially from. January of 2021 up until uh, 
up until, you know, January of 2022, essentially, uh, pretty much a full calendar year. And what does Matthew Stafford do? His first year, not his second, not his third, but, but his first year as a Los Angeles Ram. Not only does he get him to the Super Bowl, he beats my favorite team to do it. But uh, my opinion on Matthew Stafford after the fact, you know, if everybody, you know, kicking and screaming, calling him a Hall of Fame quarterback, you need your head examined. Uh, a, 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 he's not done. He's got plenty of time left. And B, one Super Bowl. Since when does one Super Bowl championship make you a Hall of Famer? I mean, what are we going to do? Put Nick Foles, Joe Flacco, and Jeff Hostetler in Canton next? I mean, give me a break. I mean, no, you stop it. You stop it, Nick Foles. Stop it, Nick Foles. It was up to Mike Ruick. Nick Foles would be in the Hall of Fame. Hell yeah. Yeah, already. <laughs> Philly, Philly. I mean, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that that is a legendary play, and it goes down all the time. The guy's got a fucking statue outside of Lincoln Financial Field, which is the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. But that's yeah, the that that, that that statue should have never have went up. I mean, put it up when 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 you retire Foles' number or when he or uh, or when Foles retires. The fact that they put up that statue, you know, when Carson Wentz is still playing and he was at the time supposed to be the franchise's future. I mean, no wonder that relationship between uh, Roseman, uh, Wentz, and Peterson went to hell so fast. I mean, they put up a freaking statue. The guy, the both quarterbacks are still on the team. But anyway, uh, I mean, Jai, I, I, this is Jai, how stupid Philadelphia people are. They put yeah, up a statue about... of Rocky, a yeah. fictional character. <laughs> All right, that's an I cut, I cut the line at Rocky. You uh, know, Rocky's you, one right. of my favorite movies, though, Sarge. You okay. know that. But this is how stupid that you you before Nick Foles and uh, who's your favorite who's your favorite athlete to come out of Philadelphia? Ninety nine percent of them would say <laughs> Rocky Balboa, a yes. fictional movie character. <laughs> I, and I still remember when they were throwing a hissy fit on moving it from the top of the stairs to the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. It's not like they were getting rid of it. They were just moving it so more people could see it. And, and it wasn't like they, they it wasn't like they were walking up those stairs to see it anyway. Runs up the stairs. Continue, Jai, about Matthew Stafford. No, it's just that you know I just I, I, he ain't a Hall of Famer. Not not now. Probably not ever. Um, All right. Uh, thank I, you, uh, Jai, for being way. on the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, what he did in 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 Detroit alone, and I and I and I mean alone, it was him and Calvin Johnson. That was it. That's all that they gave that. It's criminal, criminal that that talent was wasted for that many years in that organization. Fold up that franchise, get them out, sell the Ford company. And just get on with it. Move them out. Put them somewhere where they'll be appreciated because that was criminal. Barry Sanders, him. Come on. I get it. And, you know, um, you know, I read earlier today in Sports Illustrated and Kelly Stafford is not exactly one of my favorite humans on the planet, made an excellent point. You know, why don't we just relish in the fact and just enjoy the fact that he finally got his championship? And again, it's not he's not Brady's age. He's not Breeze's age in his early 40s. He's still got he's still got a good amount of time left to before, you know, we can put the the the, uh, the stamp on Matthew Stafford's legacy. So, you know, at this rate, you know, just let it let, you know, if you if if I tell you this, if if they reap, if the Rams repeat, if they repeat or they in a situation, God forbid, knock on wood, they win three championships in, in a four year period, something crazy like that. 
then most definitely we can have the conversation. Now, after after you know he just wins the super after he just wins the Super Bowl. I mean, and again, if that flag is thrown on Logan Wilson and Stafford throws the incomplete pass or throws the interception, we're not having this Matthew Stafford Hall of Fame talk. Keep that in mind as well. That's I just I just think that it's you know let, let the guy let let, let him, let's see if he can win. Let's see if he can run it back and win another one with the Rams before we start this uh, Canton talk. I mean, my goodness gracious. All right, the fair, fair assessment, Jai. Fair assessment. Um, Ty, back to you. Would you like to rebuttal? Um, you could. I told Sarge just earlier today. You do not change anything about the Lions that when Stafford was there. You could put Tom Brady in there under center, and <laughs> he still wouldn't take. He wouldn't change anything. Maybe an extra playoff uh, visit, but that's it. There, the, the the team that that Stafford had was complete shit. That defense was garbage. The wide receivers besides uh, Johnson was garbage. No running game. No offensive line. Horseshit. And he goes to the Rams for one season, and boom. And you all could go suck it. <laughs> but but and no, like and I and Roethlisberger is going to be what's it called? A Hall of Famer. A Hall of Fame. Stafford. Yeah. Uh, Okay, Stafford right now, with his current uh, games played, averages slightly more touchdowns per game and yards per game than than Roethlisberger. And Roethlisberger had all had the killer bees for how many seasons? And and those solid uh, strong defenses, the Bettis in the back in the backfield. I mean, yeah. I mean, the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers during that killer B era, now they had an atrocious defense, but the fact they that they only made it to one AFC Championship game, uh, you know, is a is a football embarrassment. But uh, you know, excellent point. And uh, I I put it like this: uh, if Matthew, I put it like this: if Matthew Stafford wins another Super Bowl, whether it's in 2022 or 2023, whatever it is. I'll come out here and, and say and say that he's a Hall of Famer. Not not yet, not yet. Very good, very good, very good. Yes, good. Yes, talented. Yes. Did he shut me up and and shut all the other uh, critics up? Absolutely, thousand percent. No arguments. But am I am I willing to give him a gold jacket because he because he won one Super Bowl his first season with the Rams? It, it, it counts for something. It means something. But again, still very. He still got a, a, enough time left. I need to see more. Just me personally. All right. So Rogers is in the Hall of Famer then, because he only won one Super Bowl. But he has all. Oh uh, no! Don't do! Don't do! I'll that. do the Rodgers. No, no. Aaron Rodgers is a totally, totally different argument. Rodgers is in. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm just busting. I'm just busting chops because because he sucks. <laughs> Uh, so how about how about your... how about Aaron Rodgers? By the way, you know, with this with the breaking up with Shailene Woodley. I mean, Aaron Rodgers can't. can't I know, I saw a, that. He can't get a ring after 2010 of his life depended on. I mean, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> He can't. He can't win AFC oh. championship. He can't win AFC championship games. He can't beat the 49ers in the playoffs. He can't get to a Super Bowl. The only thing. Only thing is good for is winning MVPs and and sounding off on COVID and looking like a uh, a dying woodsman circa 1979 high on cocaine. I mean, my goodness. Oh Christ. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. With all the rumors, with all the rumors that was going on, you know, oh, he might go to the Steelers. He might go here. 
my wife is a Steelers fan. I said, I said, hey, that might be your next quarterback. Because after they got knocked out, she was like, good, I can't stand him. Him and his stupid, <laughs> greasy fucking hair. I said, hey, that oh, might be your quarterback. Terrible. She goes, only if he cha- only if he cuts his hair, I'll accept yeah. him. <laughs> Boy, does he need a haircut. I mean, you, you I mean, go look at Aaron Rodgers' pictures from like 10 years ago. I mean, this guy was debonair. He was cool, suave, Mr. GQ. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like within the last two years or whatever, he starts growing his hair out, stops dying his beard. It's like, ew, what the heck is this guy? Like, this guy is look this guy looks like he smells. Like a waste management factory. I mean, it's, like, it's, just, it's just disgusting. He, you know what? And as bad as he is, I'd love to have his lineup, Jai. Uh, yeah, his yeah. roster. Yeah, that roster: Danica, Aaron Andrews, Olivia Munn. Like, uh, when did when did when did when did is now you all? This is taboo. When did he screw around with Aaron Andrews? Uh, this is news to me. Ooh. I'm looking it up right now. It says uh, that was probably like about ten years ago, right? Yeah, yeah it was. That time. was like early. He, he was. Uh, let me tell you though, they, they, that shaman in Hawaii must have where he went to go get immunized. That that guy really <laughs> fucked Aaron Rodgers up because his complete <laughs> demeanor just changed. It just we all knew that he was a psychopath, but just like now he's really <laughs> embracing the yeah. psychopath. Did, did you like his gold jacket that he wore to uh, for the MVP? trophy if 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 i I'm if just I, like i wanted to i wanted to who in the hell told him that that corduroy suit looked good that has <laughs> one of the ugliest looking suits i have ever seen in my life i'm like aaron like what'd you what'd you do just did did he just come off the set of all in the family i mean goodness well, gracious that suit was ugly well i don't know jai did you see jay uh harden with that suit jacket yeah james harden Oh, James Harden, terrible. James Harden, yeah, dressed worth that, the crap either. I mean, that, what was worse? Was what was bad. worse, uh, him, uh, Aaron Rodgers, or the Rock's outfit at the Super Bowl? Like, they, what the hell is going on? That's the big three right there. <laughs> the Rock, I feel like you know, I, I, for, I, I like him. He, he's a funny, captivating character, I guess, so to speak. The one, you know, the, and I and I am jealous of the fact that this man can literally, he probably hasn't came into one inanimate object in his life that he wasn't able to bench press or lift over his head. But I, I would I would never, never. And this is a person that, you know, I could use a couple of more muscles or whatever, but a couple extra pounds on muscle. But I would never want to be that freakishly as large as he is, because it's like, what what is the point? Like, I guarantee his flexibility stinks. Like he bends over to tie his shoes, his pants probably rip. I mean, I mean, I mean, he he, he probably has like the elusive. I mean, no disrespect to him, no wonder he probably couldn't make it in the NFL. You know, having to share reps with Ray Lewis. I mean, he probably he probably couldn't cover sideline to sideline because he couldn't bend down and and, and when he ran the forty. I mean, it's like, why would you ever want to be that that freakishly large and muscular? It's like, oh, it's man. like, a, it's like tone it down a little, man. Like you still need like a, you still need like your tendons and like a little bit of muscle fat. So you're, you know, you can, so you're flexible. But anyway, the one disappointment though from that speech is that you know he, I mean. He he went on and on and on and on and on in the you know before kickoff with players standing around waiting mm-hmm. for the freaking game to start after sitting through all the hijinks of the Super Bowl. I mean he did I mean could you give us could could you smell what the rock is cooking? He did he did all that talking <laughs> yeah. and, and 
and never hit us with and never hit us with that fame with that famous line. If you some, I mean, the stadium would have erupted if he would have did that. And I'm waiting right. for it. And 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 I and matter of fact, I was preparing. I was standing there watching. I was about to like say it with him. And when he got the microphone, he like when he when he put his head down, I thought he was going to do it. And I was like, if you some, and then I caught myself. I was like, wait, he isn't going to yep. do it. And I was like, all we needed was a Rudy Poo Poo in there. <laughs> Just say, how don't you hit us with your catchphrase, right? Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. 100% right, Jai. And and with the three, me, Ruick, and Tybeck are huge wrestling fans. And I I was just like that, waiting for the, if you smell, it never came. I'm like, what the fuck? What are you doing? He just goes, finally. The super, no, stop it. Stop it. That was, that's your free, that's like your old catchphrase. Your older generation catchphrase. Go with the one that made you famous. If right. you smell, just give it to us. Right, give right. us what we want. The the entire world would have exploded if he would have got. If you smell, yep. what the Super Bowl is cooking, and then did that. He did the eyebrow thing at the beginning. He should have did it at the end, which is another pet peeve I had too. The little, the little uh, eyebrow, the sly brow that he does. He should have did it at the end <laughs> instead of the beginning. Let's have when he used to, when he would say the smell what the rock is cooking. Then he would hit you with the eyebrow to finish it off. Uh, yes, a hundred percent. And I and I'm not a big wrestling fan, but I can't tell you how many hours that I've spent like just watching him just just do yeah, his thing behind the microphone. Go, it doesn't matter what you think. Yeah. Like I, I love that. I absolutely oh, yeah. love that. He was he was electric. Him, Austin, that whole that whole attitude era was amazing. But you know, Jai. Also, we wanted to get into a little bit of your personal life here, a little bit. Oh just boy, to do a little transition. How's this school going, bud? School is, uh, I mean, it is what it is down here at Morgan State. You know, I make the mess, make the best out of a less than ideal situation. You know, you put your head down, do your schoolwork. How you doing? Keep it moving. Uh, g- goodbye. Yeah. Good night. See you tomorrow. And, uh, you know, you keep pace with your studies and kind of build whatever relationships you have to make in order for you to get your work done. But I, you know, I, I don't like I'm not, you know, bouncing around from party to party to party. It's go to school, do my schoolwork, do what I got to do off of campus and, you know, Ba- you know, breaking down Bengals film in my free time. So I'm not so exactly. What's the ma- what is the major? Animal. What is your major? This, this, uh, you know, going through. Have you switched? You still Broad- on track of what your original one was? Yeah, broadcast journalism is still uh, still my major. You know, we got the podcast sponsored by Manscaped, and yeah. uh, make a little bit on of that, man. Nice. I appreciate that, fellas. Appreciate that. The J Shield Five for twenty percent off. By the way, your next online order at Manscaped.com. Uh, How did that offers. come about? Well, basically, you know what? I, well, it basically uh, sometimes Manscaped, you know, they send out Instagram posts or they tweets like what podcast should we sponsor next, and I just kept like tagging my podcast, tagging it, tagging it, tagging it, tagging, <laughs> it, tagging it, until eventually I got an email from one of their like sales rep saying hey would you like to be interested in sponsoring and us sponsoring your show and i you know never had and i didn't hesitate i immediately jumped on the opportunity to do so of so. course awesome. Tyback, get on that for us all right 
Yeah, all right, tie okay. back. <laughs> all right, we're either gonna get that or a PFA. So I don't know. How about one dude wipes? Hey, dude okay, wipes. I'll, I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, man, I will I, harass everybody. You know, I I, re- I realized that a couple because I listen to your podcast. Like you know, almost or miss a couple here and there, but I listen to you, and I was just like, I realized that the other couple weeks ago, I was like, wait a second, he's sponsored now. Good for him. We're killing it, man. You're killing it. I appreciate that, Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm looking at this little chat board. I got, you know, did we talk about Jive's uh, Jive's uh, DMs? Did we talk about? Uh, we can, why, can, why, why, can do that a little bit. Jive. Why? Why wasn't? Why I wasn't sent to the Super Bowl? So if you guys got questions for me, let's uh, well, keep them coming. Jive, how old? How old are you now? I will be 20 years old this upcoming Nine May. Even 20. Well, congratulations. Wow. Um. So mine is a kind of like a two-parter um what made you really get into like wanting to do sports talk radio and like what age was that it was that and then what made you decide like hey one day i'm gonna i'm gonna call in to mad dog sports radio before i get that i'm looking at the chat right now whoever brendan wesley is do i miss patrick mawa you damn right i do i mean that is my, that is my that is, that is that is my buddy the fact that he's not on the radio anymore is is, is a joke but anyway that's uh that's neither here nor there uh well <laughs> interesting with my life you know i grew up i have always been a sports fan at a young age um sports was kind of something that my maternal grandmother and my father have instilled in me ever since you know as young as i can remember and you know as a kid growing up you know realistically you know my the the parental dynamics with my parents you know they're kind of, they, they were ahead of their time for you know 2002 2003 2004 about you know 20 years ago uh, where, you know, my father who did work, but, you know, maneuvered his schedule. So he would work nights, you know, kind of defeated the gender quote unquote stereotypes of being the quote unquote stay at home dad. Well, my mother went out, you know, every single day, every single week, they morning and, uh, and went to work and everything else. And my father, you know, stayed behind and spent the day with me and eventually my brother and my sister when they came along. Uh, but, you know, and I spent a lot of time with my in the car with my dad. And back in the day, I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but Baltimore had an ESPN radio station. Uh, it was yeah. it's it's now thir- 1300 a.m. in the Baltimore area it is now CBS Sports Radio. It used to be back in the day. I'm dating myself. Uh, ESPN Radio, uh, Baltimore ESPN Radio 1300, and the local, he still does the sports here in Baltimore, as a matter of fact, on the local CBS station WJZ, uh, Mark Viviano, he used to uh, do sports talk radio on that station, and I would just love the fact that, you know, getting on the radio and talking about sports and the Ravens and the Orioles and things of that nature, and then, so it's always been like a staple in my life, you know, other kids, you know, they grew up listening to, uh, you know, Kids Bop and and watching Nickelodeon and everything else. I had no interest in that, you know. I wanted to watch uh, the Scott Van Pelt and uh, Stuart Scott, God rest his soul, you know, sports center. I wanted to listen to the radio and hear the latest opinions and who did what in the game last night. You know, I had I had no interest in, in like, you no, know, I had my favorite cartoons, my favorite kids' programs growing up as a kid, of course, you know, who doesn't? But I have always been a, 
sports, you know, centered mind as far as my uh, interest in entertainment ever since I was a young kid. So I, I just enjoyed listening to sports talk radio and just being involved with sports, you know, back in the, you know, the new, now I I'm, don't, don't want to make myself sound old here, but you know, in the two thousands <laughs> newspaper was still, you know, very, you know, widely available. And of course this is before Twitter and Instagram and social media, things of that nature. But, you know, so whenever my grandmother would get the newspaper, I'd be like, oh, don't the newspaper, you know, can I have the sports section? And I would, yeah. you know, read the sports section cover to cover. So, Sports is, has been a focal point in my life from a young age, whether it comes reading the newspaper, watching Sports uh, Center on television, and then, of course, with uh, listening to Sports Talk Radio instead of, you know, the newest Kids Bop album of them trying to sing uh, a G-rated version of Sexy Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I grew up, you know, listening to going every time that I would go in the car with my dad to, to he would have like you know take your son to work day or some overtime on weekends he'd listen to howard and we'd listen to mike and the mad dog and all that you know it's just it's a part of you it's always going to be a part of you just thinking about it because that shapes the way that you are you know i grew 100%. up playing every sport every sport and i was just fascinated by 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 everything i would i would get up on the weekends and just watch ESPN. I watch ESPN Sports Center before going to school. It's just it's always been a part of who I am. You know, my wife hates me for it, but she she's yeah. getting she's coming around to it. You know, it, it is what it is. It, it, shit shit happens. It's a part of my life. It's a huge just release and and just escape for me. Right. You know, growing up as a kid, growing up as a kid. Now, this isn't a young kid. This is like, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old. You know, get up Saturday mornings during the baseball season. I could care less about uh, about the Saturday morning cartoons. You know, give me a bowl. <laughs> give me a bowl. Of give me a bowl of tricks. Hottie, whitey and quick, quick pitch at 10 a.m. Let's go, baby. Have at it. But, uh, you know, so I wasn't, wow. you know, so I. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't your typical. You know your typical child growing up. You know, I, like give me, give me the sports. Give me, give me the sports. You know, that 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 that's me, and that's you know been my life. You know, for uh, for better or for worse. So, how old were you when you like first called into Mad Dog? Then I first called started calling into Mad Dog in October 2017. I was 15 years old at the time. For whatever the reason, I made up the fact that I was 16, I guess, to make myself sound older. <laughs> for, whatever, for whatever the reason, you know, Doug asked me how old it was. I said 16, which is also part of the reason why I think, he, you know, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't know my age. I called into a show on Monday, and, you know, he introduced me. It was like, he's a young child, but he'll get over it. I'm like, dog, dog, dog. I'm, 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 19, I'm 19 years old, you know, when he, when he screamed and yelled saying how I thought that the 2000 Ravens defense was better than the 86 Giants defense, he said I was 17, 18 numerous amounts of times. And the thing that's also so peculiar is that I'm the same age as his son, Colin. I'm five and a half weeks younger than he is. And for whatever the reason, he always thinks I'm younger than I actually am. You know, for 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 a perfect example, Dog has had Steve Nail on his radio show today. He talks about the 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 uh, the congeniality and the experience of being on first take. He says, "I like Molly. Molly's a good kid, young and a nice kid." And I and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what? And then I Google. I'm like, 
Dog, Molly turns 38 next month. Young kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, like young kid. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> anyway. Everyone's start- young, the dog. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's a kid to him, too. But anyway. Yeah, a good kid. Curly haired kid with the glasses. I'll take him. He's a good kid. Good kid. Andrew yes. Goldberg is a year younger than, or is a year older than me. <laughs> But um, to answer your question, I started calling in October of 2017. And I'm out of fact, it's a good story to this because I I was a sophomore in high school and I got in hot water with my parents because I brought home a D on my not report card, but progress report for art class. I'm not an artist worth of crap, you know, so if I know I'm not good at something and I have no interest, odds are I'm not going to succeed in it. And I brought home a D um, in art. And so as a result, I got, you know, I got grounded that weekend and, you know, I couldn't, you know, couldn't watch TV. And during that same day, that also was the same day of Yankees, Yankees, Indians, or excuse me, <clears throat> the Cleveland Guardians uh, game two of the 2017 <laughs> AL, ALDS when they had that tremendous comeback. Francisco Lindor hit the grand slam that brought him within a run. Jay Bruce hit a game-tying uh, home run in the eighth inning to tie the game at eight apiece, and he ended up winning the game in extra innings. That same day, I'm sitting at my desk going, what am I going to do You know, to pass the time during the weekend? <laughs> And I said, for whatever the reason, just a random thought popped into my head. I was like, I'm going to call in the Mad Dog. Call in the Mad Dog. Eddie Arison <laughs> picks up the phone. Giant Baltimore, I want to talk about the baseball playoffs. I talked to Dog. I said, you know, Dog, pleasure to talk to you. Uh, you know, I want to become a, a sports talk radio host just like you. He asked how old I am. I lied to him 16 instead of 15. <laughs> He said, and I never forget the quote that he gave me. He was like, he was like, you know what, kid, keep the dreams. If you love sports and this is what you want to do, follow that path. He says, being a sports talk show host is a nice career. Um, it's like being a kid in a candy store every day. He said, it's not work, it's fun. But it's some, it's some, it's something I'll never, it's something that I'll never, ever, ever soon forget. And who knew that it would, that it would spurn into this relationship that I've built with them and exchanging of phone numbers and the fact that. You know, I I look at Dog as one of my as one of my uh, closest friends. To be quite honest with you, something I would have never guessed when I decided to pick up the phone on that random uh, October afternoon on a, on a Friday as a result of me getting grounded because of because of a poor art grade my sophomore <laughs> year in high school. I just, um, I want to say that's got to be impressive that you got in so quick is it i've always heard it's impossible to like get into his show now i know you guys have built the relationship that i'm sure you like you don't even wait on hold very long anymore but no i no, i would not that's not true because the because the day after the cowboy after the cowboy uh 49er game i uh, i sat on hold essentially the entire show and listened to chris christie babble away about uh jerry jones and (laughs) dallas cowboys which uh went which uh i enjoyed you know nothing like uh nothing like sitting on hold for essentially three hours listening to Chris Christie babble away about Dallas Cowboy football, but that's not a <laughs> it's still it's still pretty that's amazing. Like um how like how often do you do you guys talk like often like not on the air, like off the air? 
Um, yeah, we do. You know, if I ever, at, I don't like call him and like, you know, talk to him as if he's one of my college buddies or whatever. But if there's, you know, if I want his opinion on something, if I ask him, you know, if it's like a, a career related question or if it's, um, or if it's, you know, something very important, you know, I'll see, I'll ask if he could call me or whatever. And we'll talk, you know, for a couple minutes here and there, um, you know, but regularly, you know, I we text back and forth. I send him information because it's not social media savvy. So if I come across something on Twitter that's intriguing, I feel like that he you know that he could use on a show or something that he could, you know, that he needs to know. I send it to him. Uh, here it is. I'm going through my Twitter feed. Joy Taylor is on a Twitter Spaces right now, and, and I'm sitting here talking to you folks <laughs> about uh, oh. me talking and That's your talking, girl. talking to Mad Dog. But anyway, you guys are worth it. That's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, so we, you know, it's it's more it's more text first than it is telephone call first. But uh, but yeah, you know, uh, speaking of which, on Sunday, um, you know, during the Super Bowl. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, I, on uh, on Sunday, you know, I you know when the Rams are submitting their comeback, I I text him. I got a bad feeling about this. Uh, I told him start praying. I texted him get Genie praying about ten minutes after that. <laughs> and and when the Bengals, you know, had to turn over on downs on the fourth and one, I texted him. I'm sick. He said brutal loss. I then I go. We had it and we bungled like always. He texts me at 10.34 at night. You okay? I said, no, I'm not. He said, I, he, rep- <laughs> he replies, it'll take a while. I'll say August. I, that was at 10.58. One o'clock in the morning comes around. I hadn't gone to bed yet. I go back. I texted him, not even because I was that legit bothered by it. Oh, and speaking of which, the, fo- the 49er game, the 49er game, which we were bringing it kind of back full circle to the Super Bowl. You know, the team was an absolute disgrace, as we discussed earlier in the show. And I'm, you know, and I probably texted him about a bunch of times. Like, get Zach Taylor out of here. He has no joke. He's a joke. He has no clue what the hell he's doing. Joe Burrow throws a game-time touchdown pass to Tyler, to uh, Jamar Chase in the back of the end zone. This is not a lie. Dog texts me 13 times. Fire Zach Taylor. Fire Zach Taylor. Fire Zach Taylor. Fire Zach Taylor. <laughs> he texted me 13 consecutive times, fire Zach Taylor. And I'm like, how in the world? Like, I was like, now I know he isn't savvy enough to like copy and paste the actual text. So that means that this, <laughs> that, that this man sat on his phone for about five minutes straight to text fire Zach Taylor. I called the show on Monday and tell Eddie essentially what he did. And Eddie tells me, Ironically enough, Eddie tells me the the one thing he knows how to do with the iPhone is copy paste text, copy and paste text messages. So so it was like the one thing he knows how to do technologically speaking, he uses it to essentially troll me for coming back in the 49er game. But uh, it's a uh, it's a unique oh, relationship. There's no doubt about it. Um, did it? Haven't you two gone to a? I've heard. You guys go to a baseball game together, the two of you? Yes, we did in late July. Yes, we did. That's 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 awesome. He went uh, down like an Orioles game, or yes, Orioles Marlins game ended on a walk off walk. There was like thirteen combined walks in a game. Game was like three hours and thirty minutes. Um, so what had happened was he was on before the, he was on the air the week before. 
and said he was going to be off. Uh, and this is like the part of the summer where Dog took like a lot of his vacation days. And he said he was going to be off for the week because he was going to take he was going to do that ballpark trips. Uh, uh, he was going to do that ballpark tour with his son, Colin. And a caller called in or somehow he mentioned it on the air uh, that he was um, he was going to Baltimore. He's going to D.C., Philadelphia and uh, Baltimore. And I texted him and I'm like, well, dog, you're going to Baltimore. When, when, when are you going to be in town? So, you know, we can meet up. We can meet you, you know, break bread. You know, how you doing? And so on and so forth. He texts me what day he's going to be in town. I, uh, you know, I get up extra early that day, get up extra early that day, work out, shower. He lets me know, you know, he had issues, you know, finding a hotel with his travel accommodations because he took the he took the train from from New Canaan <laughs> to Philly to Baltimore to D.C. So he had issues with the train and getting his hotel accommodations. He's staying at the Pag- at the Sagamore Pendry Hotel. That, believe it or not, used to be an old police station back in the 1800s <laughs> over in Fells Point, right on the water in the Inner Harbor. And um, so I'm like, all right, dog, I'm here. So I'm standing there. Waiting and the way the hotel is designed is that I uh, now maybe it's just like this just for the summertime, but um, the 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 receptionist desk is outside, so I'm standing outside waiting for dog to come down because I called him, text him, let him know that I was here. So I'm waiting for him, and this is a high end, classy hotel where you just can't just walk right in. You know, uh, you just can't you know walk right in unless you either you know unless you are somebody. So I'm standing there waiting for Doug to come down. And I swear to you guys, I was standing there for no longer than five, ten minutes. You know who you know who walks by my left shoulder? Chris Chris Davis. The Chris Davis, the six foot three steroid using, strikeout, no having, no having baseball player. That 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 retired about a month a month or two later with his hip injury that hadn't played all season long walks by me. I look over my left shoulder and I see it's him and I'm eyeballing him. He notices that I'm that I'm like staring him down and he looks at me. He's like, "What's up?" He's like, "What's up, man? How you doing?" It's like, "No." He's like, "Hey, Chris, what's happening, man? How are you?" And the ironic thing is that I have like made numerous amounts of podcast episodes slamming this man <laughs> and all of a sudden <laughs> i'm standing there and I, and like and and i see him walk past me now what did not pop into my head was like maybe this guy figured out who the hell i am and he's here to probably kick my ass in front of in front of in front of chris russo dog but, sold uh, you out right dog. yeah <laughs> But but it, you know so he's like hey, he's like oh man how you doing it's like all right man how you doing how are you and then all of a sudden you know Mad Dog comes down he's like how has a my man man how you doing and my first instinct is like holy crap dog is short I mean the guy's like <laughs> five nine five ten I'm like six six foot two and a half it's like how are you how you doing and you know we're walking around we're walking around the uh the inner harbor he's asking me a whole bunch of questions about the radio it's like how's the radio station doing how what's babchick and evan talking about how's the motor man doing motor man doing good oh, uh, is, is, is babchick still carried around the fort jokes uh what about mcafee mcafee still talking about Aaron Rodgers nonstop. you should sit me just talking to me at it for night about the dopey oh. radio station uh and so we end up talking we walk around the uh, we walk around the 
me in a Harper. He tells me like nine million times that the area that he stayed in, Fells Point and Bowlesboro, is like the nicest area in the world. It's like, I love this neighborhood, John. You been down here recently? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, dog, 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 pay attention, okay? Does it look like I spend my weekends in the summertime bouncing around Fells Point? I mean, your hair, your hair, because you're a multimillionaire that's got a little something in the bank, okay? I'm a peon. My, my, bank, my bank account is a peon compared to you. Uh, so we have a nice talk. We make it back into the hotel. We're sitting inside the Sagamore Pentry Hotel lobby. All of a sudden, we're talking. Uh, we're sitting. We're sitting on the couches in the lobby, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get these business people sitting all around you, you know, having these business meetings. I'm like, holy crap! Like, there's some actual real crap going down in this hotel lobby, and I'm sitting in it. And and you know, and all of a sudden, there's there's a waiter that comes by with a bow tie and a menu. He's like, uh, what would you? You know what it reminded me of? You guys were probably too old to notice. It reminded me of uh, Mr. Mosby of the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody oh, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, I know that. Go, oh yeah. Go, Going, uh, uh, oh, how would I take you gentlemen's order this evening? And it's like, oh, holy crap, like, where the heck did you come from? It's saying, it's like, Johnny, want something, Johnny, want something to drink? Want something to drink? That's like, uh-huh, I'll have a ginger ale. So I'm sitting up there drinking a ginger ale out of a wine glass. Uh, <laughs> Talking, talking to talking to dog, essentially about my past and sharing them life stories and this, that, and the other. We go to the game. Go to the game, have a phenomenal time. You know, we get there about an hour and a half, two hours early. You know, there's people saying, oh, Mad Dog, Mad Dog, Mad Dog, you know, calling his name, talking to him, this, that, and the other. I'm getting, you know, finally meet Colin for the first time, get to know him a little bit, who, you know, I've had I had him on on my podcast previously, but it's the first time meeting and seeing him in person, obviously. And then it's about the seventh inning. I believe the game was tied between the Marlins and the Orioles, but it was about the seventh, sixth, seventh inning. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting in the middle. We're sitting behind the, the Marlins third base dugout. I'm sitting in the middle. Dog's to my right. Colin's to my left. Dog turns to Colin and he says, Colin, think about all the all-time great athletes that played in this city in the 1960s and in the 1970s. <laughs> That's so dog. And, and he's like, Gino Marchetti, Brooks Robinson. Boog Pal, Jim Palma, <laughs> Unitas. Uh, you got uh, you got uh, um, what was the uh, Tom Matty, uh, Raymond Barry. He just starts naming players, and all of a sudden, Collins like, yeah, Gino Marchetti. He, he's no Aaron Donald. He's no Aaron. Do and Dolls like, what? What are, you, what are you kidding me? Are you are you, are you kidding me? He he takes he takes he takes those bright sky blue glasses out of his pocket. Puts his glasses on the tip of his nose, turns to me and says, "Give me a phone and pull up Gino Marchetti's stats." <laughs> so I'm sitting there. And he get the book. Orioles yeah. Marlins seventh inning in the middle of July, going to Pro Football Reference to pull up Gino Marchetti's stats. I give Dog my phone. He's got the he's got my phone about six inches away from his face, trying to pull up Gino Marchetti's stats on my iPhone on my iPhone, pulling up his stats <laughs> as he and the Connor getting into a screaming match. Third base dugout, second row, Marlins Orioles tie game seventh inning. Who's better, Aaron Domino, Gino Marchetti? Unbelievable. That's just a, that that could be a Tuesday dinner for them. I mean, like, could you imagine <laughs> growing up in that household? Colin, let me tell you, the nineteen forties 
is the greatest era. Oh my god, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't. It would be like, okay, okay, then whatever. I love that Colin goes back at him. That's he so does. Funny. It, it, it's, it, it is. It was absolutely hilarious. So uh, you know, so that in an absolutely, I had the time of my life. Uh, you know, with Dog and Colin, and uh, can't wait till they either come back to Baltimore again, or Dog says, uh, "Jai, you know, in the weekend in the spring, come on up and spend a weekend in New Canaan," which he did promise me, as a matter of fact, uh, about a year or so ago, to come up and go golfing. Uh, he's like, uh, "Jai, you're a good athlete. Uh, well, I need to get you up to New Canaan down at Shorehaven. We go out there and play golf. We play tennis. You're a good athlete. You know, this we got to do that sometime." So I'm uh, waiting for that invitation, but uh, sure for the tennis, you got a white outfit, yeah. right? The same yeah. Normal, uh, <laughs> like, like it's Wimbledon. Check plays that, okay? Yeah, like it's uh, like it's Wimbledon. Yeah, yes. <laughs> like it's Wimbledon. Yeah, he's crazy. I, I saw a comment. You know, Jai has connections with Doggy, except for su- except for tickets to the Super Bowl. LOL. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, did you try to do the uh, the con- the contest at all? Well, the contest. It must have changed it within the last couple of years because I remember it was like 18 years of age. I remember I was like counting down the years to where I could participate. I go ahead and I check the rules the week before the contest starts. It's 21 years of age. So like, well, well, that's fantastic. Um, And then so and, you know, unlike in other years, I actually root for the contest. I I root for the contestants to get the questions right. This year I was rooting for them to fail. And I was like, just get them wrong so that's an extra extra trip. It gives away all the trips, and I'm, you know, and I'm like, you know, because I feel uncomfortable, you know, asking dog like, hey, can, can you, can you, you know, throw up thousands of dollars for me to go fly cross country, go yeah. to the Super Bowl? So, but I kind of like, you know, I, I kind of like, um, gave in, little innuendos to him that, hey, you know, I, I would like to go to the Super Bowl. He was like, I died. It, it tickets cost a fortune, and then, so, you know, so. <laughs> So it is what it is. Not to expense it to Sirius XM next year, you know? But you know what? But you know what? I don't know about you, Jai, but like for me, like watching the Eagles Super Bowl, I have to be home. Like any other Super Bowl, I'd be like, all right, whatever. Yeah, I could could go to the Super Bowl. No, no, no. If this is my team, I have to be focused. I have to sit down. I have to really be engaged and just in my chair, in my comfort zone, because if they lose, I'm going to go fucking apeshit. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, I went to the um, I went to the Bengals. I went to the Bengals um, Ravens game back in October 24th. Um, So I so, you know, I have no issues with uh, the thing I can't do is watching games in bars and restaurants like like I'll get, the you know, got to get my food ordered. I'm eating, wash my hand like that's too that's too many, too many. And a lot of people all jam packed. Not to mention I can't hear the TV. You know, your your attention span is so short watching a game in a restaurant. It's, it's, It's unbelievable. But um. But uh, so that's that's with me in a restaurant. Watching a game in person, I can concentrate watching a game in person just as much as I can watching it on TV, if not better, because because there's no temptation of me like switching the channel of a TV or distractions of people in my house, or, you know, things of that nature. So I was, you know, so that would have been an issue for me. But you know, I was was I disappointed in the fact that I couldn't go? Yes, but I understood because those tickets were ungodly expensive. 
you know, when, when when Mad Dog says that he can't get you the tickets and Chad Johnson, who's an ex-Bengal, you know, who's uh, who's made a couple millions in his life, although he lives his life as if he's living paycheck to paycheck. When they tell you that, that <laughs> tickets are too freaking expensive to go to the Super Bowl, you know, go see the yeah. Bengals, then you then you know that there's an issue. It, well, you know, and it's crazy. And it's. Yeah, and it's kind of you no know, catching the short end of the stick. You know, the Bengals make make the Super Bowl. You know, the the first Super Bowl. You know, in the quote unquote post COVID year of 2020. You know, dealing with inflation and and it's, you know full first Super Bowl full capacity. It's a brand spanking new stadium at SoFi. It's Los Angeles, long flight, hotel accommodate. So it kind it's kind of like you know bad luck that the Bengals. You know ended up playing in a Super Bowl that was probably the most expensive one to go to as a as a fan living out of state, you know, as far, you know, traveling expenses and the tickets and everything else. But, you know, hopefully, they, hopefully you know, they, they either repeat and go to Glen. No, I don't expect everybody to flock to Glendale, Arizona for next year's <laughs> game like they did this year. So, uh, so I'm really nailing for them to either repeat Repeat and go to Glendale or go to New Orleans two years from now when hopefully, you know, everything is kind of like calmed down and the tickets aren't unreasonably expensive. Plus, New Orleans is a city that I've always wanted to go to, to Los Angeles as well. New Orleans is a city that I've always, always, always wanted to go to. Uh, so hopefully the Bengals end up uh, playing in that Super Bowl when it's in New Orleans. I believe it's Super Bowl 59, as a matter of fact, in a few years or and or they repeat and go to uh, and go to Glendale. The one the one in Vegas, you might, I might as well hang it up now because there ain't no chance in hell I'm going to be able to make it to that game because because <laughs> it's Vegas and everything else. But anyway, it's not. Yeah. A there. How did you become a Bengals fan? Yeah, I was going to ask that. Um, so base, so my first love, my first, my first favorite sport, my first love was baseball. Of course, a native Baltimorean born and raised playoff where I spent, mo- uh, playgrounds where I spent most of my days. Uh, so I became an <laughs> Orioles fan. I became an Orioles fan, uh, at first. So of course, you know, the black and orange connection got into football and I, you know, and I've, I, in some, in my life, throughout my life, somewhat, I've kind of been a, a, a contrarian to a certain degree. So, you know, I didn't want to root for the Ravens. The Browns stunk. You know, every every Baltimorean, every person born in the 410-443, that's a football fan. You know, it's, it's in your blood to hate the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there wasn't no chance in hell I was rooting for them. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick the team that nobody rooting for that shares the same color as my favorite baseball team in the Cincinnati Bengals. I picked them in 07, and I've been a fan of them ever since. Hey. That's great. I mean, I'm an Eagles fan in New York, so I had two options: either the Jets or Giants, and they both sucked. <laughs> My favorite player was was Brian Dawkins. That's how I I was a small safety. He was a small safety. I'm like, yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, my pl- my player, uh, of course, was uh, the aforementioned uh, Chad Johnson, who was just. I mean, yeah. words doesn't yeah. describe like how much of an influence he had on my football <laughs> fandom growing up as a kid. I mean, oh, oh my goodness was, gracious, he was funny. I mean, I, just going back to, I mean, even what you saw when they played the Jets in Week 17, and then they played them in the in the in the playoffs the next week. Oh, he yeah. was something else. Well, Revis Revis shut him down. That, yeah. That's what happened. All right. <laughs> He had a one-way ticket to Revis Island, and he couldn't get off. All right, that's yes. one of one of my one of my uh, f- 
favorite memories of, of Johnson was uh, right before the game when he tried giving the referee the dollar. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, he it's, tried buying the referees for the game. Can you imagine um, if he did that in 2021, 2022, the uproar that would oh, that would become yeah. of it nowadays? Oh, holy crap. Oh, my goodness gracious. He, <laughs> I mean, they, 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 he'd, be, he'd be investigated by freaking Congress if he decided to do that in 2022, <laughs> for crying out loud. I mean, just some of the games. things, some yeah. of the things that you, you hear with him, like the, you know, the pregame things you see on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was something just like him being mic'd up. He was something fucking else. You think that you can fucking cover me? Child, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he was oh. just unbelievable. I mean, he talked the talk and he definitely walked the walk. Um, oh, but yeah. uh, I mean, you got you got any more? You got any? I can, I'm here. I'll be here all night. You guys want to you know, love um, life? Instagram DMs. Yeah, I let's mean, do, let's, uh, someone want to know that. So go. tell us what's what's going on in the Instagram DMs, Jai. Well, nothing much because my account got hacked. Uh, <laughs> my account got hacked. Yeah, I saw in, that. Back in uh, back in uh, what month was that? Back in December on December twenty yeah. seventh, it got hacked. I've been out of it ever since. Uh, you were sending no. me. Uh, you were sending me videos of your new uh, Mercedes uh, with palm trees in the back. I yeah, go, I, w- That's I wish not where you live, Jai. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not 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 a chance. No, not a chance. But uh, I've been locked out of it ever since, which uh, bothers me. Uh, so I haven't been able to shoot my shot at uh, at the aforementioned Instagram models, which also annoys me as well. So, yeah, you know, so I, I you know I've been going without an Instagram account, and you know, Facebook, that piece of crap company. I mean, you would think Mark Zuckerberg, who's 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 worth billions, whose company is worth billions, would somehow put together a halfway decent product. I mean, the, your, your your platform, your system stinks. My goodness gracious me. I mean, if Facebook support, no help. I mean, no hotline for me to call in. I mean, just just nothing. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> there, it's, it is it is something like that i mean like I, I have the my my instagram or anything like that maybe my twitter that's the, the most followers that i have but you know i get it once in a while you get the, the notification change your password because you, you were you had ransomware or whatever whatever the fuck it be. i'm just like oh, all right whatever it's now like once a year uh, i change my thing yeah, I, I've given up. I say, you know, I'm basically <laughs> waiting for either the account. I'm basically waiting for the account to go stale and like fall off the face of the earth, or for it to finally just get shut down because I use my podcast account just to record, just to report it nine thousand times, and then I'll think about <laughs> uh, <laughs> making a new one. But uh, it, don't 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 get me started. But the Instagram models, yes, I I, ho- I hollered at many Instagram models uh, during my short time on there. Uh, Joy Taylor, of course. Uh, how you doing? Shoot, shoot. Open, but uh, but yeah. That, I, well, how did those How did those go when you went went after them? Oh well, it, it went well. I mean, you know, those ladies like to play hard to get. But if they re- like and reply <laughs> to your comment, uh, you know, it counts as a win in yours truly's book. Um, so. <laughs> 
you know, my goal, my goal with the, with uh, with these uh, attractive females is to make sure that they know who I am. That 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 the image of uh, Jai Shields uh, that that you know is is in their head uh, for years to come. You know, it's it's no it's <laughs> nah. no, it's no secret why you know I I get on Twitter Spaces with my girl Joy Taylor and she and you know I'm on there for less than five minutes and all of a sudden. Uh, she wants to holler at your boy, so I, 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 oh, I can't help it. I, I love it. It's, it's, I don't know. I, hey, you, between you and Mike and the OC, it seems like every time that I sign into to, to Twitter, one of you is on the Twitter space. Yeah, well, it, well, it's it's me. Mike, Mike is over there just to, I, I, you know, he's on there talking about Matthew Stafford winning the Super Bowl or LeBron or or the '86 ALCS with the Angels and the Red Sox. I mean, yeah. who the hell knows? But anyway. uh, or Mike, or I don't Mike Trout, always Mike Trout. Yeah, oh, yeah. Or, or Shohei. sometimes he goes Shohei. on. Yeah, sometimes he goes on some weird spaces, and I and I just happen to pop in, and it's just off the wall. Right, it's always like something weird. You're like, yeah. what did I step into? <laughs> but uh, he, Mike is flying on cloud nine right now with his stupid Rams that can't, you know, that don't have a damn fan base. But uh, that's not. There's like there. nobody at the parade today, right? Yeah, nobody, nobody at the parade. And I, I saw a comment. I was like, I saw a comment. So I was like, man, I wish Cincinnati would have won. Their parade would have been lit. You damn right it would. Yeah, Joe I Burrow Bur- would have walked in with the cleanest suit, the Cartier shades, <laughs> would have had a cigar in his mouth, carrying a bottle of rosé. Oh, it would have been like, it would have, dis- if you thought Brady walking off the dock last year drunk blew up the internet, Joe Burrow would have like shut down Twitter for like the rest of the month. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. I mean, that, just that- seeing what McPherson would have done as well would have been, uh, <laughs> I love would have been good too. Oh, yeah. I love staying guy. out for the halftime show the whole time. Just yeah. saying, screw it. Just, just a legend. <laughs> just an absolute legend. That is so. Yeah, I was like, I, I saw that. I was like, what the hell is going on? I mean, between him and what was the what was the guy in street clothes and, and the Gucci flip flops that was running on the field? He wasn't even in Gucci flip flops, Mike. <laughs> he was in he was in them freaking black Nike slides you get at like ten dollars at Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> Vernon Hargraves, you know, acting like acting like he didn't know what hit him, celebrating a Jesse Bates interception. I'm like, get your punk, get back on the sideline. Oh, yeah, oh, that guy, yeah, like a backup. Backup player that's just not even dressed, costing you guys fifteen yards. Oh, just stupid. Yeah, stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid. I, I, I said, I said to myself at the time, and I said it on my show last night, if he did that on my football team, I'd have told him get off the sideline, go to the locker room, pack your crap, walk to don't not an Uber, walk to LAX and pay <laughs> for your own flight commercial back to Cincinnati. I mean, my mom, my mom of all people, we're watching the game. She goes, is that a fucking fan on the field? I go, no, I think that's one of the players, but what the hell is he doing? Isn't he on the IR, too? He was he was a healthy scratch. I don't, I don't think he was on IR, but he was inactive, okay. wasn't in uniform, and socks and slides just <laughs> act like a complete fool. Like, you donkey, get back on the sideline. <laughs> Oh my, my goodness! God. It was like that guy in Jacksonville who was standing in the end zone waiting to get a, a pass from Trevor Lawrence. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about the end. In the middle of the game. <laughs> well, Jai, before we let you go, Jai, um, yes. Go ahead and 
plug whatever it is, you know, what's going on with you and your show. Go ahead and plug whatever it is you'd like to plug, Jai. I mean, you know, I uploaded a, a Super Bowl recap on uh, – you can check out my podcast, the Amatelicatelia's podcast with Jai Shields presented by Manscaped. You can check that podcast out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, and on the Anchor.fm app. Um, you know, outside of that, I uploaded a, a Super Bowl recap uh, two hours long, so be prepared. Uh, episode I re- uploaded uh, last night. Outside of that, you know, I, I enjoyed uh, coming on with you guys. It was entertaining, yeah. fun, compelling conversation. Uh, you know, talked about the Super Bowl, relationship with dog. You know, I had a, uh, had a fun time, and I hope uh, – I don't know how many people listen to this show, but I hope however many, many people that are tuned in. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I appreciate that. Hey, one other, hey, one other thing before you go. It. One other thing yeah. before you go. You ever think about um, actually doing like a – because I saw you trying to do – it a little bit on like the Twitter, the Twitter video and all that live stream. Ever try to do to do an actual video concept of your podcast? I have, you know, starting a YouTube channel, and starting a video concept, but you know, I gotta make the money, make the money to uh, yeah. to get, you know, that, <laughs> to get the camera equipment and up and upgrade and broadcasting equipment and stuff like that. But it's it's something that I plan on doing in the near future. It's just having the resources around me. Uh, to do it and uh you know and i uh, and quite a bit back in 2020 i would ig and twitter live yeah, uh my that. shows doing my uh you know while i was doing my shows before i officially uploaded them but i don't know that's something i should consider doing again is doing going on twitter and is not instagram obviously but uh, well i could <laughs> i could because my because my podcast my instagram pop my Podcasts Instagram account is still, uh, you know, not many people follow it, but it's still up and running as uh, good as it was a few months ago. But uh, you know, I should consider doing that again. Yeah, it was fun. I remember, I remember being in a couple of those and being like, ah, you know what, this is pretty cool. Even though you know, you get a nice little sneak peek, whether it be fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, whatever it is, you get a nice little sneak peek into what you're talking about, a little teaser, and away you go. Yeah. What about you said yeah. you're at Morgan State? Do they have a radio station, Jai? They do, but you know, keep it on a download between uh, us. Uh, you know, okay. I'm, I think That's about um, other I'm, people I'm, here. <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, you know, I'm 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 Aaron Rodgers. You know, I'm exploring my options elsewhere. I just say uh, yeah, put okay, to you yeah. like that. Huh. I got gotcha. you. Put to you like that. Yeah. Well, I got, I got it. I got to I got to There's got to be a, a place somewhere in the United States that I got to be able to live and function outside of Baltimore. I've been here damn near 20 years. You know, I can't can't be those schlubs that spend all of their life living in one city, especially <laughs> with what I want to accomplish. Uh, you know, in my lifetime, Mike and EOC keeps on recruiting me out to live in Southern California. Uh, maybe you know, uh, possibly, but uh, you know, I, I well, would you like take to. The, you could take the dog road. Go to Seattle, get on one of these morning <laughs> zoos. Yeah, <laughs> let him do that for about five years. Five years, build a following, and then come back. Yeah, build a following and then come back. Um, speak, speaking of ba- speaking of Babchek, uh, you know, so you and you guys don't work for Sirius, so you guys, so you guys don't have to worry about getting in trouble with this. No. Uh, you know, you guys, I'll just rip the Band-Aid off of it right here. You guys uh, liking uh, Morning Men uh, 2.0, or do we wish we still had the uh, OG 1.0 mm. uh, back? It's, I, you know what it is? You know what it is? I like different different things in my soup. 
Willie does bring things, you know, to another level. I like the fact that I could say fuck on the air now. I do. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's great. But, you know. Well, I don't know if that's really Willie. I just think that they woke up and realized that McAfee is on the station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, yeah. you know, we are on Cirrus XM, not on FCC WFAN yeah. Airways. I, you know, I I like Willie. I like that, you know, we can we can have a uh, somebody else to balance out you know, Babs's insatiable, psychotic debauchery and, and just delinquency. And then he can also talk sports with Evan. It is a good balance, you know, as much as as much as Evan drives me insane with his NBA, you know, contract 12th man fucking uh, on the bench. That nobody cares about uh, <laughs> the trailblazers. Nobody gives a shit about Evan. Move it along. And Tom Brady. I mean, it's just it, it is what it is. I, I, I enjoy it, you know. It's yeah. got its lulls. Don't get me wrong, but the trade machine, yeah, or the trade machine, yeah, the fuck it. We're gonna have five bad minutes here on, on the NBA. Let's get, let's let all you NBA heads get on the phone, <laughs> dribbling in on Shut the fuck up. I'll say this, Jai. Um, I like with Willie there. It helps. I think it gives helps out Babs quite a bit. Um, what I miss is that fourth hour where there was yeah, way the more interaction with the with us the fouls you know with yeah. calling in I, I feel like they've def they don't have as many people call in anymore that's why i make the joke when i start the show is that ruick is like the only person that consist can consistently call into the show <laughs> like you, you can never get on the show so you know, wh- right I when that. i first yeah as you know i know to be quite transparent with y'all i like stopped listening religiously when they announced that they brought willie back or when not when they brought willie back when they brought him in and I'll get to that here in just a second. But even when I broke my little four-month call hiatus and I called last week, I'm sitting on hold for like a half hour. I'm like, guys, you know, it's, it's you know, how you doing? How you doing? Keep it moving. I haven't called in in months. You know, what are we doing? And we just, yeah. just babbling mm-hmm. away. But, you know, but I, the thing that really turned tur- turned me off and bothered me is the fact that, you know, and it was so, like, just – it pissed me off because I remember calling them in August saying the last two weeks of radio that you guys did have been the best, like best shows that you guys have ever done. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the fact they, that they took vac that they came off of vacation and they were fresh and they were like, I don't know. It was like, I couldn't put my finger on it, but you knew that, that it was like something special and it was like something that it was, it was something good. And, you know, less than two weeks, I go on, I call them up and I say that all of a sudden, you know, the Monday after week one, you know, it's, you know, Willie Cologne. It's like, what the hell? We like, Come on. I mean, bad enough, bad enough. We, we, we cut off an hour. Now all of a sudden, you know, we're going to add a third wheel into this. I mean, it's like, we, you know, we don't listen necessarily in the morning for hardcore sports talk radio. We hear, we listen to listen to, uh, you know, the bad chick be a piss poor father and a bad husband. <laughs> So, so, you know, we don't we don't listen for the hardcore sports talk. And between us, you know, I think I think where the move is really going to see, you know, where this move is is good or not is after the football season. You know, you know, you you can get away with it. You can get away with it, you know, from September to February. But from but from March to July, what are you going to talk about? 
I mean, you gotta you gotta have Billy Babchek do some more things than Joey. I mean, it, there's only so many times we can we can listen to a cupcake. I don't know if you listened today, but you know, do winners get do losers get cupcakes? That was a big topic in the six a.m. hour, and I had to call in and say absolutely not. They get peas and broccoli. Winners get and the losers get vegetables. and the piss story. Oh yeah, the piss story. That that's that's still true. He's still banned to this day from sleeping over <laughs> my house. He my, le- my Thanksgiving leftovers one time, and that was it. Who <laughs> did this? My best <laughs> one, of, one of one of my good friends. We went out. We went out the the Friday after Thanksgiving, and we got you know drunk. So we came back to my house, uh, my first house. It was a small house, so I had one bedroom, a kitchen, a bathroom, and a living room. That was it. My one oh. friend slept on a couch. My other friend slept on a blow-up mattress. I slept in my bed. Wake up in the morning. He's on the floor, moved from the couch in my bedroom. I'm like, okay, that's weird. So we all wake up. I kick them out. I'm like, all right, I'm going back to fucking bed. I wake up hours later because I'm hungover. I go into my fridge. I'm like, I got fucking Thanksgiving leftovers <clears throat> in the fridge. This is going to be an almighty feast. I am fucking pumped. Bottom shelf is the, is the leftovers. Top shelves right. are all the beers. I looked oh, yeah. in, the entire fridge is soaked. Oh, oh. I go, all right, let's not let's not get hasty here. <laughs> let's there, not there, get hasty. There, there could be there could be a spilled beer or you know an exploded beer. You know, it happens. So I grab all the beers, nothing, no no nothing slipped over. I go, okay, there's only one other possibility. Put my fingers in the in the tin oh. and I pick it up. And it smells like straight piss. I go, now that's ruined. So now instead of being a nice person and just reaching out to him directly, I go into our group chat and say, you filthy fucking animal. Who pisses in somebody else's fucking fridge? His response was, how the fuck do you know it was me? I go, because you were the only asshole to move in the middle of the night. You fell asleep on the couch, woke up on my bedroom floor. Let's do the math here. And to this day, not allowed to sleep in my house. I don't care. He could sleep out on the back porch for all I care. That that's that's funny, Ruick. By the way, how was uh, I was uh, I went to uh, Hershey Park the day uh, the day that you got hitched. Is that uh, is that treating you right? Uh, what's the uh, yeah, what's, uh, yeah? Give me a little bit of updates. Yeah, well, we're <laughs> expecting uh, our first child. In, oh, congratulations! Uh, look thank at you, you! Look at you! Yeah, thank you, thank you. Everything's going great. I mean, you know, just dealing with her, you know, pregnancy brain and everything like that. It's it's getting there, but you know we're we're living, we're having a good time. Boy or girl? Uh, it's gonna be a girl. It's gonna be a baby girl, little good baby deal. girl. And uh, we still haven't picked out a name yet. We're debating on two. So what? What are the two? Uh, may I ask? Yeah, we got uh, Dylan and we got uh, Finley. Yeah, I like reminds that. me of Ryan Finley, who beat the Steelers in Monday Night Football <laughs> last year. Yeah, <laughs> it, I, I, it, it reminds me of Fit Finley, but yeah, that's just I me. Mean, <laughs> no, you know what it is. I, I, I like we like that name Finley, but we're gonna see what happens when she comes out. If we look at her and say, "Okay, that's Dylan," or "That's Finley," that's that's what it is. I'm really leaning towards Finley. Or, you know, my own. I know that Evan has a Dylan, but I don't give a shit. 
<laughs> I don't. I, I really don't. Did, by the way, did you guys ever listen to that show that we did uh, back in summer of 2020? When yeah, I, had I think it's still hours? going, by the way. Yeah, that, that, that's a that's a, that's a running joke that, uh, that that podcast is still going on between me and him. It was it was good. I uh, it was something different. Had a nice uh, conversation with him. Yeah, he's you know what it is when he's off air, he's a great guy. You, you can really talk to him. Like he he just one day out of the question, out of the blue, just popped in here because I yeah. tweeted really? out the link. Yeah, I just tweeted out the link. Yeah. Hey, you know we got we got talking talking football. You know, and just tagged him, and he just popped in, and everyone was like, "Wait, is this the real Evan?" And I was like, "Yeah, guys, that's the real Evan." He popped on the show for like, uh, was it ten minutes, minutes, Rook? Twenty minutes or so. Yeah, yeah. We had him. He's he did an interview with us last season, Jai, and he was great. We thought we were only going to get him for like thirty minutes. He did well over an hour, and then um, we also had Babs has popped in here before, and he. What he did, the, he scared the shit out of Joey, right? Joey, While he was yeah. playing uh, oh, he, Fortnite. Fortnite, yep. Joey told him, get the fuck out of here, Dad. I, <laughs> those, you know, you guys laugh at those stories. I low key get genuinely pissed off. I wish I would say that to my father, especially oh, yeah. like, especially 10 oh. years ago. I wish I would say that to my father. You, you, you'd have to come visit me via the cemetery if yeah. I ever said something like that to my father. I called and, my dad a jerk, and he threw me through the garage door. Not the regular door, <laughs> the fucking bifolding door. Like he, like, I, and, and I tell Babs all the time, I'm like, Babs, you got to put your foot down. Like, not let these kids, like, disrespect. He's like, I am the man of your of my castle. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, you're, <laughs> no, you're the... No, you're <laughs> You're the you're the class clown, Mike. I wish I wish my yeah. son would sit up and tell me get the bleep out. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like, who are you talking to? Like, I'd have slapped the piss out of him so fast. Anyway, he, he, you know what is funny? We I've been there with him and Joey and everything. And Joey just goes, "Hey, Dad, going inside. Go 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 do it." He goes, "Oh, can you grab me a beer?" He goes, "No," and just walks away. And he's like, "Oh, that joke's there." I'm like, "Babs." Tell the kid to get you something, or or just you know whatever. You, right, you like you like roommates with the kid, right? <laughs> instead of instead of father and son, like no, and it may be funny now, but when when they get older, it's going it's that ain't gonna be pretty. No, and, and, but, um, and when I, and when I'm a grown man, raise my own kids, and bad chicks kids are you know basically going to where I'm coming from. It ain't gonna be pretty when he's up in his sixties screaming and yelling his head off because of the fact that it, that his kids are essentially in a ju- in juvenile detention center of Mamaroneck somewhere. <laughs> Do we really want Babs influencing these kids anyway? No. Like, like it's a bad idea to begin with. So he sh- yeah. he he should have had a vasectomy right after birth. <laughs> he should have stopped at Joey, but he yes. got Samantha and Billy oh, out of it. Yeah. Well, he has he, he has Billy, and then he goes and then he flops to the Miami to do the Super Bowl. I mean, really? Uh, he can't wait to get out of that house. He's oh, yeah. dying. He he wishes they were back at work. That guy. Oh, oh man. But Jai, we've had an awesome time. But we have like two minutes left before our time uh, recording time runs out. We want to thank you so much for joining us. That we've been an awesome show, and wish you nothing but continued success and. I wouldn't be surprised in the next ten years, we're you know we're still listening to Mad Dog Sports Radio, and you got a show on there with with the guys at a, at a certain time slot. I, uh, great things that I see in your future, Jai. Yeah, I, 
I appreciate that, fellas. Uh, that is the plan. You know, doing uh, having my own, you know, be the being Mad Dog successor on uh, this on Channel Eighty Two and uh, calling Super Bowls uh, for CBS, Fox, NBC, Amazon, whatever company wants to pay me and uh Facebook Von Di- nice. and uh and yeah and uh you know calling suit calling super bowls calling world series games on tv yeah. talking to you guys on the radio and uh rendezvousing with uh instagram models in between so uh, looking forward nah. to yeah, that that'd be yeah, living man. a life right there right jay a hundred percent hundred percent you're the best any, guy. any yeah. appreciate it yeah. bro Ruick. any single time you guys want me on uh, I'm there. Just uh, give me a holler. Thanks, man. We really appreciate awesome. it. I was I was really excited for this one. You know, we don't really get too many guys on, and you know, when we get somebody, just a little idea, and give us your 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 take and your opinion, it's more than more than merrier on us. And listen, anytime, happy to do it, guys. All okay. right. You want to well, give yourself a plug? Yeah, give one last plug, Jai. Follow me on Twitter at the J Shield. There you go. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. So, for Mike Ruick, for Tyback, I'm Drill Sarnzi, and this is the Wednesday Night Tailgate where the tailgate party never ends. We hope you guys enjoyed going through the football season with us. We will still be going on with the show. Just because the season's over doesn't mean that we are done. But we'll keep it up. Remember, check out Jai Shields, and we'll see you guys next week right here on the Wednesday Night Tailgate. Peace. Peace. Stafford Hall of Fame.